It's preview review. We're back. What up, homies? How's it going? It's been a while. I know. I've been previewing so many reviews. Is that how this works? Sure. Yeah. Um, for those of you who are new, welcome to episode 15. It's a weird place to start, but okay. Uh, this is a podcast for me and my buddy Tyler. Oh, I'm Ryan, by the uh, way. That's me. I'm I'm Tyler. Ooh, this is a rocky start. We're going with it, though. Ryan Toon here. Preview review expert number one, followed by expert. Tyler. Ex- <laughs> followed by Tyler Ellison, who's preview review expert number one as well, because we're both equals. Okay, good. Yeah, I wasn't gonna make you number two. Well, I was already like framing up a joke for it, but then now I don't have anything. So. Ooh, I'm sorry. <laughs> so what we do on this podcast, if this is your first time joining us, all right, that's what I was doing. <laughs> is we talk about upcoming movies uh, based on only their trailers. So, well, that's not really true. I guess we do talk about like other things we've heard about the movie and things like yeah, that. Yeah, but we but haven't we, seen these movies. We centralize on the trailer, the preview, if you will, and basically extrapolate from there as to our assumptions and our hopes and our wishes and our concerns about these movies before they even come out. Wow. I'm really impressed with the SAT vocab words you just used in that sentence, Tyler. Like extrapolate and assumptions. That's a good word. Extrapolate's a good word. It is. So I hope you can extrapolate some kind of enjoyment from this podcast today, dear viewer. Listener, this is not a video podcast. You can stare at your phone. And last week, I was very disappointed to learn that there are no hidden cameras in this apartment. No, we are not. So no one saw my thumbs up, thumbs down reviews. Ryan, you already know how long it takes me to edit only the audio. Can you imagine if you made me edit video? It would be a nightmare! <laughs> That's why we need this podcast to make money so we can outsource. Speaking of which, let's go to a word from today's sponsor. Oh wait, there is no sponsor. We are not tied down to any system. We don't have to kowtow to any corporate higher-ups. No, this is all grassroots podcasting. Ooh, yeah, baby. If you want to support our podcast, you can Venmo me. Okay, here we go. (laughs) On this week's episode, we're going to be talking about the very exciting trailers for upcoming Netflix original film, Six Underground. Ooh. The upcoming children's comedy movie, the Playmobil movie, the upcoming drama with a Billie Eilish song biopic kind of bombshell and the upcoming historical experimental drama. historical drama this one's not experimental it's gonna be experimental because it's Terrence Malick it's called A Hidden Life wow that sounds like we have a lot of good things to talk about I'm excited for this episode yeah Playmobil movie's gonna win an Oscar wow watch out Frozen 2 this one's gonna steal your best animated picture Oh, shoot. That is going to win Best Interview Picture, huh? <laughs> um, the system! Hey, before... before we get started, Ryan, yeah, <laughs> we gotta... <laughs> we gotta hear. <laughs> Ryan has seen movies that we previously talked about on this podcast, and it's, what? It's like seven. Seven of them. This is going to be a long Ryan's review roundup, but let's just jump into it. All Ryan, right. Go for it. There's a lot of them. So I'm going to try to limit my reviews to two sentences each. That's too generic. A sentence can be however long. I think you need to, you need to okay. count the word count. Okay. Ten words Ten per words? movie. Do the titles count? No. Okay. Well, I'll, how about I feed you the titles and then you just say the first ten words that pop into your mind. It doesn't even have to make a sentence. 
Okay. You just have to give 10 words about the movie. This sounds fun. Also, before we start, I have to mention that I'm reviewing The Current War, and a lot of you are like, did you preview review that? Yes, we did, but it's in the aforementioned Lost episode. We're still mourning, okay? Does 10 feel like too many now? Do you have 10 words to say about all these movies? I haven't thought about it. I was going to do it on the fly, Tyler. I'm going to drop it to five. Okay, here we go. Frick. The first film for you to Ryan's review roundup is Zombieland Double Tap. Go. Very funny. Better than original. Nice. The Current War. Okay. Does okay count as one word? That's one word, yeah. Okay. Okay for what it is. The Lighthouse. Very interesting and kind of allegorical. Kind of is two words, but I'll accept it. Well, it's kind of. K-I-N-D-A. Yeah. Okay. Terminator Dark Fate. Better than most Terminator movies. (laughs) Nice. Jojo Rabbit. Very good in top five. And are you saying that it's in your personal top five movies that you've seen this year? Yes. Nice. That was some clarification. Well, I I only had five words. I had to chunk it up. I know. Well, it's in the top five of words that you've used. It is. (laughs) All right. Last Christmas. Bad, but a good time. (laughs) And Dr. Sleep. A worthy sequel to Shining. Nice. Well done. How about a round of applause for that? that wow. Well, I'm not going to clap for myself, but thank you. Oh, well, they're all clapping for you. Oh, thank you. Home. I'm bowing to you all. So, Tyler, I've got an opening question for you before we dive in to this week's plethora of cinematic offerings. All right, let's do it. Well, you know how we talked about how we're going to talk about Six Underground, mm-hmm. the new Netflix movie? Oh, yeah. I want to know what's your favorite Netflix original movie, Tyler. Okay. My favorite Netflix original movie is one of their earlier offerings. I think this came out in like 2016 or so. Whoa. It's the Paul Rudd movie, The Fundamentals of Caring. It's a really good kind of comedy drama. Um, Selena Gomez is also in it, and she's like good. Selena Gomez. And it's very impressive about a man... And his relationship as a caretaker with a uh, young man who's disabled. And it is, it's very, very good. And Paul Red delivers a really great performance. And it's equal parts heartwarming and hilarious. And I love it so much. I rewatched it a couple times. And it just, oh. it's enjoyable every time. This is a movie you've told me to watch. And it's still sitting in your Netflix It's queue, in my huh? Netflix list. Ooh. Just watch it already. You've seen seven movies in theaters since we last recorded this podcast about a week ago, and you can't sit down and watch one Netflix movie at home? I don't know. There's some kind of disconnect for me about a Netflix movie, because you you were saying you saw this in 2016, right, when it came out, but Netflix has been making movies since, like, what, 2015? And I've seen four of them. (laughs) I've only been able to watch... Four Netflix movies. Something in my brain tells me Netflix is not for original it's movies. It's not in the theater. It's not worth your time. I don't know. So are you going to watch The Irishman? Well, yeah, because it had a limited theatrical run. Oh, okay. So you saw Bird Box then? No. <laughs> I didn't. <laughs> the rules are inconsistent, <laughs> and I'm doing my own thing. <laughs> so out of the four Netflix films I've seen, 
My favorite was Roma. Of course. Well, it had a theat- limited theatrical release. It had a limited release. theatrical release. Um, it was a big Oscar nominee contender last year, so I had to watch it on my phone. Um, and I really wish I would have seen it in a theater, but, you know, that's how Netflix do. And if I'm going to watch a movie on Netflix, I'm going to watch it in the worst possible way. The director did not. It's too bad you couldn't watch it at 1.5 speed. I know. They didn't have that feature then. You would have finished it so much faster. I know. I watched it, like, during breaks at work. (laughs) I watched it in, like, 30-minute chunks. (laughs) But Roma is a really good movie. Roma is a really good movie. I'm just, like, tearing the Netflix movie format apart. But I really like Roma. Um, Alfonso Cuaron beautifully directed the film. The story's great. Um, Yeah, Roma's my favorite Netflix original film. Nice. All right, well, should we jump into what is surely to become everyone's new favorite Netflix original movie? I mean, it's got Ryan Reynolds in it, and it's directed by Michael Bay, so who can't love this movie? This movie is called Six Underground, and it comes out on Netflix on December 13th. As I mentioned, it's directed by Michael Bay, who you know, having done movies like Transformers, The Rock, Bad Boys, and Pearl Harbor, stars Ryan Reynolds, and also a lot of people that I didn't really recognize their names, Melanie Laurent. Manuel Garcia Rufo, Adria Arjona, Corey Hawkins, Ben Hardy, and also Dave Franco. Hmm, I recognized that last one. Yeah, well, I, I mean, I recognize some of them. Corey Hawkins was in Straight Outta Compton. Melanie Laurent, I really, like, I know her name, but I can't think of what I know her from. Hmm. Um, Melanie Laurent. Ben seems... Hardy is obviously Tom Hardy's son. Mm-hmm. I was going <laughs> to say, the character, or the name Melanie Laurent sounds like she's a French, like, authoritarian figure in a coming-of-age story. Yeah, like like a school headmistress. Yes, Melanie Laurent is definitely the headmistress of a British school for wizards. Um, sorry. She's an inglorious bastards. Cool. Um, this movie looks bonkers, but bonkers in all the best ways. Ryan Reynolds leads a team of six people that fake their death so they can work outside of the law to help catch criminals. And... She's Shoshana! She's the main? She's the main character in Glorious Bastards. I know I knew her name. Wow, she does that and she runs a school in France? <laughs> we stand an overachiever. Oh my gosh. We stand a Nazi killer. She killed all the Nazis and then she went and started the school for wizards. Wow, I can't believe we haven't seen her in the Fantastic Beast universe yet. Anyway, back to the movie. Michael Bay's directing a crazy action flick like he usually does. It kind of feels like a throwback to his work of the 90s, less so of his work of the 2000s, because I didn't really get any misogyny or homophobia from this trailer, which is very evident in almost every Transformers movie. I can't say every because I haven't seen the fifth one. Yeah. I gave up. But Bumblebee was good, but he didn't direct that one. I mean, there are female members of the team. It's not like an expendable situation, so... That's true, that's true. Um, Ryan Reynolds brings his Deadpooliness to the role. Does he, though? I felt very underwhelmed by Ryan Reynolds really? in this trailer. Because I was watching it, and like every other time it cut to Ryan Reynolds, he was making a joke about what was happening on the screen. Like, very meta, like Deadpool does. I, I guess. I, like... He was doing that, but it just didn't feel like... Maybe it was just the way the trailer was cut. Maybe I'm just kind of over it at this point. It's true. He did the same thing in Hobbs and Shaw. He's in that movie? He's in Hobbs and Shaw. Oh my god. But anyway, 
you're thinking you know what this movie is. It's like, okay, six underground. There's six of them. They're going to be like six underground because six feet down is where you bury the dead people. But they're like faking their death to stop all these criminals and gas masks. And it looks very cartoony and fun. But then out of nowhere, a magnet, like the world's largest magnet shows up mm-hmm. and like sucks all the metal or something. I don't know. It seems like they're going to be action fighting while fighting it feels the force like, of a magnet. It feels like an expendable situation, but also with like the kind of like camping, like teamwork elements of like an Ocean's Eleven movie or something like that. You know what I mean? Well, I wouldn't call Ocean's Eleven campy. Like I would say, like they also use a really big magnet in that movie. In Ocean's Eleven, I've only seen Ocean's Eleven twice. I don't really remember it. I just remember I had a good time with it. Okay. Anyway, do to make the giant blackout happen. Oh, okay. But this magnet's very different. They're not trying to block out <laughs> powers. They're trying to suck grenades away from their faces or else they're going to get blown up. Yep. And in a big Michael Bay explosion that just looks like fireworks at this point. Well, that's why we love it. Like, the when I was younger, I definitely remember being very impressed by Michael Bay explosions. And now when I watch them, I just see, like... Maybe I've just seen the like special effects show at like Universal Studios too many times. Cause, like Ooh. these are just like sparklers. Like you can see sparks. Like nothing is gonna actually explode like that. Like you know, things just kaboom. Like I look at a MythBusters explosion and they blow stuff up like for real. And then look at a Michael Bay explosion and you'll just be like, "There's this doesn't make any sense." Hmm. But it makes Michael Bay sense. And if that makes sense to you, this might be your cup of tea. Right. Okay. Cool. It looks like dumb fun. Um, I might watch it. I might not. It's only... It might be the fifth Netflix movie I watch, but I have no clue. Cool. So that was Six Underground. Any yeah. final Basically, thoughts? Like, it's like... Like I said, it's like... Maybe not Expendables was the wrong thing. Maybe like a Mission Impossible movie mixed with hmm. like Ocean's Eleven. But both Mission stuff. Impossible... And didn't Mission Impossible also have a storyline where like they were considered dead and like that's why they could operate outside? Wasn't that what like Ghost protocol was about no they were considered disavowed and the imf was dissolved oh they were all still alive though but the word ghost was used in that film and it's also used in this trailer so good connection tyler yeah and you're like they're like oh the best thing about being dead is all the freedom that you have you're a ghost you don't have to obey any laws but then it's like if you don't obey the laws then that's more trouble for you because you get pulled over for speeding and they're like who are you and then they run your license and you're dead and then and then they turn around and you're gone because you really were a ghost you the better whole time. hope that they're like just freaked out that they pulled over a ghost and like drive you know away. all the superstitious police officers oh, out yeah. there <laughs> too afraid to go into the scary the house legend, the urban legend is true the ghost driver on Highway 45. <laughs> the ghost <Ooh>. speeder. <laughs> it's just an urban policeman. They say that every like every cop will pull over one ghost in their career. I guess this was mine. And it just happened to be that I did it six times. It just happened to be <laughs> and they were all Reynolds. <laughs> okay, this movie looks fine. Next! Our second movie of the week is Bombshell. This oh, one's yeah. a theatrical release. None none of this Netflix original stuff anymore. Nope. Uh, it comes out in theaters on December 13th, directed by Jay Roach, who you might know as the director of every single Austin Powers movie wow. and the first two Meet the Parents movies. 
And more recently... There was a third, Meet the Parents? There was Meet the Parents, Meet the Fockers, and then Little Fockers. He didn't do Little Fockers. I totally forgot that Little Fockers existed. So, he did those movies, but not Little Fockers. And then more recently, he did Trumbo. The Dalton Trumbo biopic. Um, It looked good by his hands. It was good for what it was. (laughs) I don't think the it's a bad movie. The same as the current war? Yes, it's oh, very... Oh, no. Well, the current war is not bad. Okay. Um, I only had five words, Tyler. Okay. Bombshell stars Charlize Theron, Nicole Kidman, Margot Robbie, Powerhouses, John Lithgow, Kate McKinnon, Connie Britton, and Mark Duplass. This is the story of the recent events at Fox News where... Let's see. Founder Roger Ailes is being... Mm. Accused of sexual assault and by the powerful women like that are higher ups, kind of mm-hmm. in the Fox News Corporation. So Nicole Kidman plays a real person, Gretchen. Well, don't they all play real people? No, no. Gretchen. Gretchen Wieners. Forget what her last name is. Charlie Theron obviously plays Megan Kelly. She's real. I've seen She's her. Real. Margot Robbie is kind of a composite character, so like her name in the movie and her character is like not one individual that exists in real life, but it's kind of like an amalgamation of like the many like younger newer like interns and people that were at fox news during these events into like one centralized character so she's like the woman in chernobyl who plays one scientist but really represents like a whole bunch of scientists sure that's how i'm relating it yeah makes sense it's it's similar to that so it looks like Margot Robbie is... And John Lithgow plays Roger Ailes, who's also, the founder of Fox News. And he looks amazing in this role. Is like, he wearing a fat suit, or did he gain all that weight? Because he looks... A fat suit. Like, it looks John like a Lithgow's really good fat like suit. John a really big dude. No. That would be a lot of weight for him to gain. Now, he's done a lot of transformative appearances in mm-hmm, But I've never seen him look like that before. But no. you can still tell it's John Lithgow. Yeah. So, it's really good makeup if it is makeup yeah he's a fantastic actor well he did a little bit of it when he uh played when he was on the crown the netflix show when he played winston churchill mm-hmm. he did a little bit of like there was definitely like some was padding. it real fat or was it fake fat I, it was fake okay sure so he's used to a fat suit yeah he's like uh he's also like a department store santa so is he really <laughs> no that's something he and i share then oh my gosh well <laughs> necessarily true but but megan kelly um charlie's throne is definitely not charlie's face there's like oh, no. heavy makeup going on there and it looks really good it looks great she looks just like megan kelly but like you can tell it's not megan yeah kelly. it's like a good it's like a good fictionalization yeah it's like when you look at grand moff tarkin in rogue one and you're like i understand that what you're trying to go for but it's not quite right but this one is like, I know that that's like really a person there, not just some CGI blob. Yeah. But I also, I feel like that's kind of what, like, even though like, they are keeping like the true names for like Nicole Kidman and Charlie Sands character, I feel like this movie is a little bit more of that, like, here's like a representation of what happened. Mm-hmm. It's not trying to be like super hard hitting gritty of like. No. The tone of the trailer is like way more tongue in cheek than like. I'm going to unveil the like true story behind all the corruption in Fox News. It's like, a lot more big short than it is spotlight. Exactly. And it was done by one of the co-writers of the big short, which makes sense. Oh. Was it Adam McKay? I don't think so. I oh, think it was the other guy. one. Well, he still won an Oscar, right? Unless it was Adam McKay and they just chose not to put like Vice on in the trailer because mm-hmm. people didn't like Vice. Mm-hmm. I liked Vice. It was great. Um, but yeah. 
This is a strange turn coming from the director of the Austin Powers trilogy. But it, it kind of fits after Trumbo, I think. It's kind of like a mixture of both, yeah, if that makes sense. Like is. the tone of Austin Powers, but like the like real story trueness of Trumbo. But also seems like they're understanding that this story is batshit crazy and they're leaning into that. Mm-hmm. And just exemplifying um, everything that happened. Like, I wouldn't say it's like fully comedic, like Austin Powers. Like it's no, definitely no, gonna no. be still a drama film, but yes. it's like. But the trailer's a like fast-paced more... mm-hmm. and has a fun pop song behind it. But also, you're understanding the injustice that's happening, and you're kind of like, "Whoa, this looks like I'm not just gonna sit down in a boring drama film and watch something important. Right. Mm-hmm. It looks like I'm gonna be entertained while still learning about something that I may not have fully understood when it was actually happening." I also really love just as sort of like the meta narrative that this is coming from a place of like centering on the female characters and they're deciding to come forward with the story instead mm-hmm. of taking this kind of like third party like perspective that they could have done where it just like things happen to the girls and then it gets revealed and blah, blah, you know what I mean like it's very much like putting the women at like the center and like mm-hmm front and center of this story and it's about like they're wanting to grasp the power in the situation yeah after feeling like like they've been victimized because it definitely could have just done like if it was like a more like traditional drama film it would have just been like more of like a neutral viewpoint of like these events and this feels very much like it's like with the agenda of like supporting these women for what they've done to like come forward about this story does that make sense it's definitely like these are the heroes of the story. Like, when you watch the trailer, you know who you're going to root for. You know that these are the people that you want to see triumph and that these other people are, like, the evil people that you, like, want to see, like, get their comeuppance. So, I understand what you're saying there. Because it it takes a tone. It's definitely, like, a biased film. But, like, biased in the way where it shows, like, towards these women's story. Like, it's going to, like, not make up fabrications or, like, I I hope it doesn't, like, present false information but where it's definitely chosen aside and it's a side that i think many people can get behind like i don't think many people are on the side of like oh how come this movie's not from the point of view of the like aggressor i guess like more so like if this movie had been made like 10 20 years ago there definitely would have been like some male lawyer that like champions the cause of these women and like makes like okay the, the, the fact that we can have a movie today where it's like these three women are, like, the heroes of their own story and, like, fight against the powers that have subjugated them is, like, really great and I think not something we would have seen until very recently, like, in cinema. It's true. But I still like seeing the stories about the male lawyers champion people because otherwise we wouldn't have gotten Dark Waters and I want to know what happens with the cows, Tyler. Well, male lawyers can represent cows all they want. Because cows can't talk. Cows they can't take help themselves. Of their own power. They're dying, and no one's gonna help them but the male lawyers, Tyler. But these women news. They anchors, can do it they themselves. They can do it themselves. Yes. They're strong enough. That's what we're trying to get at here. But anyway, this movie looks really good. I'm excited for it, and I'm intrigued at the tone it's taking. And I think it'll be a fun time, and it'll be a good movie. If that makes sense. Also, as I mentioned earlier, this cast is a total powerhouse. Charlize Theron, Nicole Kidman, and Margot Robbie are the lead trio of this film. And they are some of the best actresses of our like contemporary time, I think. And because of this, I have 
a little game that I want to play, Ryan. Ooh, this game I is love called games. Charlize, Nicole, or Margot, and it's a very simple game. Now these okay, are all okay. all these actresses are very amazing in their own right it's as true. individuals. Is this the first time we unique. see them all team up? And I'm really excited to see this movie have all of them together. But just for the purposes of this game, we're going to sort of do not really some comparison, but more like we've got to split them up. Yeah, we got to divide them up. They're their own they're people. Unique. They're not just this trio. We respect them as individuals. So basically what this is, is I did a deep dive into their IMDb and Wikipedia pages. And Ooh. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give you a question. And the answer is either Charlize, Nicole, or Margot. Okay. Sounds and simple like, enough. And referring specifically to Charlize Theron, Nicole Kidman, and Margot Robbie, the actresses. Not like, oh, that's some other woman named Nicole. Oh, okay. So it's not all Nicoles everywhere. No, it, re- it relates specifically to these three women. I'm glad you clarified, because I was just going to start thinking of other people I knew named Margot. And the answer is always one of them, never all of them, or none of them. Okay, so it's A, B, or C, not A, well, B, it's and M, C. MC or N. Oh, okay, MCN. Nice. What is that? My Chemical Nomance? Exactly. <laughs> okay, and that is until the final question. The final question is a little bit different, but we'll get there when we get there. Okay, enough preamble. Let's get to it. All right, here we go. Question number one. Which actress was in a three-year relationship with a member of the band Third Eye Blind? That one? That Third Eye Blind? Yeah. Is okay. it Charlize Theron, Nicole Kidman, or Margot Robbie? I'm going to say Charlize. It is Charlize. Well done. I was just going off age there. Yeah. She seemed like she could really dig Third Eye Blind. Totally. But Nicole Kidman's too old for that shit. <laughs> okay. Question... Number two, which actress is an amateur tattoo artist? Oh, I know this one. It's Margot Robbie. It is Margot Robbie. Because she gave the whole cast of Suicide Squad tattoos on the set. Except Will Smith and Jared Leto. They wouldn't let her tattoo them. Well, it's good because I think she misspelled the word, like, either suicide or squad. Squad. S-K-W-A-D. Yeah, but, like, was that intentional? Okay. I'm I'm hoping it's intentional. (laughs) Because... It's the name of your movie. You should know how to spell it. (laughs) Alright. First two questions correct. Good job. Question number three. Which of these actresses was raised Catholic and once considered becoming a nun? Ooh. I'm just thinking of them and I'm just looking like, which one would look best in like a nun outfit right now is what I'm thinking. (laughs) Um, I, maybe Charlize? It's Nicole Kidman. Ooh, that was my second guess. I knew it wasn't Margot. Margot would never. She's no nun. But she might have been raised Catholic. I don't know that. Maybe. I don't know. I mean, anyone. Yeah, this is be... very specific. The others could have been raised Catholic or could have been a nun, but none of them were raised Catholic and considered becoming a nun. Except for Nicole. At, or none of them were that and mentioned it in an interview and it made their way into their Wikipedia page at least. Perfect. Okay. So I only got one wrong. One wrong so far. Three more questions to go. Okay, my record's pretty solid. Question number four. Which actress did not have baby teeth due to jaundice as a child causing dental problems? This is so weird. Um, I'm trying to look at all their mouths in my head. 
Well, I mean, it was baby. They have regular teeth. I know now. they have regular teeth now, but I'm like, which one was could have been the mouth? most diseased in the past? Exactly. That's what I'm trying to figure out, and I'm thinking, it's, it's Nicole. It's Charlize. No, that was my second guess. It couldn't have been Margot. She obviously had baby teeth. All right, fifth question, and last traditional format question. Oh right, I forgot about the final round. Which actress is the only one? be born in the United States. Now, all three of these actresses have foreign citizenship, but one of them was actually born within the U.S. I was just assuming they all were. I guess that's my American bias. Oh, you thought they were all American? I don't know anything about these women. (laughs) Okay, well, here's a little bit of outside perspective. Charlize is South African, and Nicole and Margot Robbie are... Australian. Oh, I knew they were Australian, but I thought that was like that came later in life. They were born in the U.S., moved to Australia, became Australian, and then came back to the U.S.? Well, maybe they had like two parents. One was American, one was Australian, and they like were born with dual citizenships or something. Um, well, that is, okay, that is the case for this person, because they were born in the U.S., so they're a naturalized citizen, but their parents were from another country. See, that's just what I thought about all of them. No. And the I other knew... ones were born in their home countries. I'm going to say Nicole Kidman was the one born in the United States. You're correct. She was born in Honolulu, Hawaii. Wow. You made it. Great job. I think it's because Margot Robbie seems more like an Australian to me, if that makes sense. Okay. (laughs) Well, you've got four of the first five questions right, and here comes the final round. I got two wrong, didn't I? Nope. You got third eye blind right. You got... Dental problems wrong. You got outside the United States right. Tattoo artist right. Oh wait, I can't remember what you got right. I, I missed one where the answer was Charlize, and I missed one where the answer was. Oh yeah, Nicole. you got two. You got dental problems and the nun. Oh, wrong. the nun. Yeah, that was a bad okay, so movie. You have three out of five so far. Cool. You can get majority right if you win the final round. I'm excited. Tell me the rules of the final round, please. These, these, these are the rules of the final round. All three of these actresses are very accomplished, and as accomplished actresses and actors do, they have each founded their own production company. Really? Wow, good for them. So what I'm going to do, Ryan, is I'm going to read you the name of each of their production companies, and what you have to do is tell me which actress founded which production company. Wait, you're telling me it's not just their own productions? No, they all have like, <laughs> creative names. Damn it. Okay, give it to me. Okay, here... Are the production company names. Number one, Blossom Films. Number two, Denver and Delilah. Number three, Lucky Chap. Oh, this is way harder than I thought it was going to be. Okay, I'm going to start with Lucky Chap. It's not Nicole Kidman. Lucky Chap is something Margot Robbie made. Are you going to tell me if I'm right or do I have to wait? Because then you'd use process of elimination. You have to give all the answers. Okay, Lucky Chap is Margot. The flower one, what's the flower one called again? Blossom Films. Blossom Films. And what's the other one again? Denver and Delilah. <laughs> okay, Denver and Delilah is Charlize and Blossom Films is Kidman. That is correct! I got all three of them right? All of them are correct. It just made sense. It just aligned. The stars aligned <laughs> and you have correctly guessed the production companies of Nicole Kidman, Charlize Theron, and Margot Robbie. Wow, I didn't think I was going to do it. I, I doubted that myself. That was great. You did a good job of that. 
Wow, well that done. was hard but fun. Thank and you, And now never Tyler. forget, Nicole Kidman almost was a nun, and Charlize never had baby teeth. Never forget. Look at that mouth and say, at one point, there were no teeth in there, and it was for a long time. So, um, what's our next movie, Tyler? Ooh, our next movie is A Hidden Life. This is going to be released on December 13th and directed by Terrence Malick. Does this one star uh, John Cena? It definitely doesn't. Because he's hidden. Because you can't see him. <laughs> what if it did, though? Obviously, Ryan's thinking about going to see Playing With Fire later today. I haven't seen it yet, and I don't know if I'm going to. Anyways, this is a very serious movie, Ryan, so I'd oh, appreciate sorry. if you would stop with the jokes. Okay? It's true. There's footage of Hitler, like real Hitler, in yeah. this one. not Taika Waititi Hitler. Uh, you know movies by Terrence Malick, such as The Tree of Life, The Thin Red Line, and Days of Heaven? And this cast is primarily um, international. international European actors and actresses. August Beale, Valerie Pachner, Michael Nyquist, and Jürgen Prochnow. This movie looks intense. But it looks really good. It looks really good. Beautiful cinematography. This is one of the most gorgeous trailers I've seen this year. Mm -hmm. It's fantastic. Shot very well. And basically this is the story of a conscientious abductor, which is a citizen of... Are they in Austria or Germany or... One of the Nazi-controlled Nazi countries. countries uh, during World War II who conscientiously objects, chooses not to fight for the Third Reich during World War II, mm -hmm. chooses not to support the Nazi party, and his wrestling with, like, approaching other people in his town and saying, what are we doing? We're killing innocent people. Approaching his bishops and the people in his church and saying, what are we doing? And from all these people, aside from his wife, receiving, like, you're a traitor if you don't support this. You guys put your fatherland. Like, all this stuff. And it's really kind of romantic around this man and his wife and their, like, hidden life, like, their small world where they oppose all this stuff, but not really having the power to, like, do anything with that. Like, it's a very, I think, like, I mean, such a moral, yeah. like, dilemma. It, he's obviously dealing a lot with, like, struggling with his faith. Like, he knows what is happening is wrong, but how do you oppose that when it's, like, the community you're living in and, like, the way your country is saying this is right and then you go to your religious leaders and they say, follow what the country does. But you know in your heart and what you like know about your God that this can't be right. So it looks like eventually he gets imprisoned for these beliefs and he's willing to die for them. Because it looks like he believes it's not worth tainting my soul to fight for this evil warlord to just survive a couple more days. Right. And so there's that storyline, but then it's also, like, a romantic film because the trailer opens with the wife talking about, like, their first meeting and you see, like, very quick flashes of, like, their first date and them dancing and them getting married. So it's, mm -hmm. like, it follows this relationship and then the I think the trailer closes with sort of the wife speaking to the man saying, like, I'll be with you always. Mm -hmm. And so it's about, like, this relationship that's being strained by these outside forces of the, like, sociopolitical environment... Mm -hmm but still, like, remaining strong. Yeah, and it's interesting because earlier you said that you think the hidden life is the one that he shares between his wife and their opposition. But when I saw this trailer, I was thinking, like, his life is the hidden life because the Nazis wanted to cover up anyone that, like, was internally opposing them. So, like, this isn't a story that we've seen before because whenever we watch movies about World War II, it's always about the Americans or the British, like, opposing mm -hmm. the Nazis. So this is telling the story of the hidden life, one you haven't seen before, yeah. 
of someone on the inside fighting against the Nazis. Well, it could be both. I mean, yeah, no, I think that, that it time, could be like his. Yeah, I, I think it, it could be representative of both of those mm-hmm. elements. It doesn't look like anything Terrence Malick's done before. I've only seen one and a half of his films because I couldn't finish The Tree of Life. Um, and I saw The Thin Red Line. Um, both of those are very experimental films, and this one looks more straightforward in the narrative it's telling using flashbacks, which isn't that experimental anymore. People do it all the time. It's in Finding Dory, and if it's in Finding Dory, it's not experimental. So I'm interested to see in how Terrence Malick directs a straightforward film. Because he usually likes to do weird-ass things, like cut in scenes of dinosaurs in the middle of his movie that don't really seem like they relate to the rest of it. I don't know, I didn't finish that movie. <laughs> yeah, it feels more straightforward, but also has that like unique touch of like some of the handheld camera cinematography and some of these like bit like large epic shots yeah, of like landscapes can... and things like that. Like there's definitely trademark elements of Malik, mm-hmm. but it definitely feels like it's applied to a more like contemporary traditional narrative yeah you can tell that there's like someone that knows what they're doing behind the camera someone that has an eye for this stuff and someone that can represent what they want you to see on the screen very well i'm also excited that this is using a primarily like european cast even though if they're not all austrian or german or whatever they all are from sort of like continental europe and so kind of fit these roles and can do Mm -hmm the the accents well and things like yeah. that it's not like they're trying to bring like a big american movie star mm-hmm. you don't have any and, like and make him into like an austrian farmer or anything yeah. like that no one's like putting on an accent for this film at least i don't think so it's hard for me to know because i don't really know these actors but that kind of makes it seem like it's more disconnected from well, a hollywood movie they might than be me. doing like an, an accent for like that specific dialect or whatever mm-hmm. but they're it's like a little bit closer to home too i think like the way, like you mentioned this a little bit earlier, I think the way that we learned about World War II in the United States is probably vastly different than the way they learned about it on continental Europe. You know what I mean? Exactly. This when is that not... was like their homelands that was mm-hmm. being ravaged and their governments that were being corrupted and things like that. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. It looks fantastic. Um, I'm excited for this movie. So am I. Jumping from one extreme to the other extreme, Tyler, I think we need to talk about Playmobil the movie. All right. Fine. Playmobil the movie comes out December 6th, which is its second release date. It was going to come out in the summer. This past summer? Yes. Okay. And I remember going to the theaters, seeing the trailer for this movie in the summer, and then the end of the trailer came up, and it was the day that I was sitting in the theaters. (laughs) I was like, that movie is not out now. And then I went home and I googled it, and it said, nope, it's been pushed back to December 6th. Um, This movie is directed by Lino De Salvo. It stars Jim Gaffigan, Anya Taylor-Joy, Daniel Radcliffe, Adam Lambert, Kingnan Thompson, Wendy McClinnon-Covey, Megan Trainer, and like 30 other people that you've probably heard of. It's one of those animated films that throws a whole bunch of people in the cast and hopes we'll get your butt in the seat. It's the response to the Lego movie, it seems like. it's The premise is you're following these Playmobil people, which if you don't know, they're just Lego people, but they look worse. Um, and they have an adventure around... Playmobil land which is separated into different areas just like things are in the Lego movie and it's very interesting because this has the interesting like caveat that there are real people but that have been sucked into Playmobil world and they become Playmobil figures so and they're trying to reunite and escape from Playmobil world whereas the Lego movie they're all like have been Legos Mm -hmm. Well, that's an interesting point you bring up because if you're watching the American version of this trailer you would have no idea that that's what's happening. Tyler and I 
before we recorded this episode, Tyler hadn't seen the trailer, so we looked it up on YouTube and we watched the first video that popped up, which was the British trailer, which I think the movie came out in summer in England. Yeah, it's already out And there. it had a much more clear plot line of what's going on. The f- main character looks like it's a completely different character yeah. than it versus the American. It centers on Anya Taylor-Joy, who is the girl that is pulled in, and Jim Gaffigan, who's like the Playmobil character that she meets in the world that... Like, is going to help her find her brother because when her brother was also sucked in the Playmobil world, they, like, were separated or something. Mm-hmm. But the American trailer makes it seem like Daniel Radcliffe's spy, spy character movie. is, like, the main character. And it opens with, like, him getting the, receiving his mission to escort these civilians, which is Jim Gaffigan and Anna Taylor-Joy's character, to, to like, do fight something. the world's evil people, which is Adam Lambert, who, like, runs a coliseum. Yeah. It's, like, basically... Your like the European like British trailer is looks like it's like Lego movie and Daniel Radcliffe's character would be like Lego Batman was in that movie and then the American version looks like it would be like the Lego Batman movie where it centers on like Daniel Radcliffe's character who looked like he was just a side character in this other trailer. Yes, but I'm glad we were able to see both of the trailers because if I had only seen the American one, I would just automatically write this off as some piece of shit like Lego movie ripoff. But then I saw the British one and I said, oh look. There's more to the story, and there's actually a plot. But if you had just seen the British one, you go, oh, that looks like an interesting plot. Maybe I'll go see it. Mm-hmm. And you wouldn't have known that this is probably another utterly like garbage movie. Yeah. Well, it's still... I think it, it is going to have some originality to it, but it's still going to be comparable to the Lego movie and not going to be as good, I don't think. And I speak as somebody who, as a child, I have a confession. I played mostly with Playmobil and Boo. almost not at all with Legos. It's all about Lego. If you didn't have Lego, you at least had Mighty Blocks. What is this Playmobil garbage? Playmobil is fire. It was great. You couldn't even take off their heads. The characters, the characters just made more sense. They're more complete. You create what you want in Lego. It's your own imagination. Hmm. You can put a Ninja Lego Turtle head. Lego is all like colored blocks and things. That's what Playmobil, Playmobil is. No, Playmobil had like full castle builds and you had sets. It was like, it was more theatrical. Yeah, but you could build all that with Lego. Hmm. Anything you had in Playmobil, you could build with Lego. It just was more authentic. I had this cool castle and it had this pot that had like goo, like that tar that you could have and dump it on the intruders. I remember doing that. It wasn't like actual tar. It was just more like colored blocks, but you know. Yeah. Um, but then... I don't know. I remember growing up with Lego, and I built the night bus from Harry Potter with Lego. Oh, that's cool. And we drove around in the night bus, and we picked up some, like, other Lego people. Well, yeah, and... Lego definitely went on the, like, what's that called? The market, the brand marketing deals. Yeah, like, uh, licensing. Yes. Other things, for sure. Playmobil's all original content. I guess that's something that Playmobil movie has something going against it, because you don't have those characters to yeah, lean on. Yeah, you're not going to have Batman or anything. Like, it's just like, here's a Viking, here's a Roman Emperor, here's a spy. Especially, like, with the Lego movies, it's all about, like, oh, we're picking up Batman, and then we're going to go, and we're going to fight Voldemort, and then we're yeah. going to, like, watch out, the gremlins are coming, like, from all these different and franchises. And like, spawn Lego Batman movie, which is, like, a Batman movie. <laughs> the Lego Batman movie's good. But Playmobil movie does not look good. Um, no, like the cast is somewhat impressive, and I think it's like an interesting storyline. But it's definitely just coming off of the success of Lego Movie, and mm. isn't going to hit nearly the same yeah. marks. But the interesting, the most interesting thing about the Playmobil movie is the fact that the different trailers exist for different markets, and they're 
marketing very different movies, it looks like. Definitely. So, when I saw the Playmobil movie trailer for the Americans, I was like, oh, that kind of looks like that movie Spies in Disguise that comes out. Like, a kid's spy film. Which is not what the movie actually seems to be when I actually saw the more straightforward, here's the plot of the movie trailer that the British people have, where it's more of a rescue mission where people are trapped in Playmobil toys. Yeah, so that's Playmobil the movie. The director hasn't done anything else except for animate some stuff, so maybe he knows animation, but I don't know. I wouldn't want my only directorial critic to be the Playmobil movie. But we did mention that Jim Gaffigan is one of the lead characters in this film. So Tyler, I've come up with a game for you. Okay. This game is called Stand-Up Comedians in Film the Game. Wow, great name. Yeah, it's the title of the what happens in the game. Then colon the game, just like Playmobil colon the movie. Okay, so in this game you give me a stand-up comedian and I put them into any movie of my choice. No, 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 no. In this game I give you a movie and you think through your head and your vast movie knowledge and you go, which stand-up comedian was in that movie? Oh, okay. And then you tell me. And then I say, yes, you're right. Or I say, no, you're wrong. Okay. Okay. Let's play. Here we go. You understand the rules? Here's the first movie. We'll start with something easy. Get Out. Is it Lil Rel? It is Lil Rel. Okay. Congratulations, you've gotten one I was one like, right. I don't remember Bradley Whitford's stand-up special. <laughs> okay, yeah, Lil Rel Howery. Okay, now... T.S. Motherfucking A. Exactly. He's even comedic in that film. He can't help it. He's the best character in that movie. That might be a step too far, but he's great. <laughs> okay. The next film... We saw this together in the theater, Tyler... The 2018 classic, Dog Days. Oh my gosh. I can't even remember this movie at all. <laughs> this is the one that had No, I know. All Vanessa Hudgens is in it. I know they do the dog rescue thing, but I don't remember the cast beyond her. Is it the one that's in the elevator with Vanessa Hudgens? Is that the standard comedian? The dude? No. It's not a man. Oh. Who's in it? Oh my gosh, is Tig Notaro in that movie? Tig Notaro is in Dog Days. I remember that. Is she, is she like a dog trainer or something? Something. I don't remember. I'm confusing her role in Dog Days with her role on in Instant Family. They're kind of okay. combining. Yeah. So I don't know. She's she's a great comedian. Yes. Dog Days was fun. Dog Days was a fun time in the theater with my friends. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the next film is Ugly Dolls from 2019. Oh, uh-huh. STX Animation. Pitbull. He's not a comedian. Is in it. Kelly Clarkson is in it. Correct. Um, is Tiffany Haddish in that one? Maybe, but I don't. Have you ever seen a Tiffany Haddish stand up? Oh, she started as a stand up comedian. Yeah, but I think she's no. She's now moved she's past a, that. Now she's, she's a movie, a movie star. star. Okay. So if she is in it. I thought you were counting her. I'm not counting Tiffany Haddish. Um. Hmm. Tiffany Haddish has done like over 50 films in the last two years. Is it a man years. or a woman? It is a man. I don't know. All right, your time's up because you said I don't know. <laughs> the stand-up comedian in Ugly Dolls is Gabriel Iglesias, also known as oh, Fluffy. Fluffy. I saw him live. You saw Fluffy live? Yeah, I saw him when I was in like high school. I saw him down at Humphreys. Wow, how was it? It was. I mean, I liked it back then. He, I like the little voices he does where he goes. <laughs> <laughs> okay, our next movie is Tag. Oh, this has so many comedians in it. Ed Holmes. But he's not a stand-up comedian anymore. What? Oh, you generally... Oh, ge- like genuinely just stand-up people? Yes. Stand-up is oh, the gen- name of the game. 
Or Dick Johnson is not. Nope. Oh my gosh, I saw this trailer so much, but now I can't remember who's in it. Is it a guy or a girl? It's a man. Of course it is. <laughs> I, we did the women one already. I know. There's Sorry. only one? I can only do oh, one. Oh, no. Um, <laughs> I don't know. Hannibal Burris is in oh, this film. Oh, Hannibal. Yeah, I forgot. Yes. He is in that movie. Okay, now we're to the hard ones. I should remember because he has like the best line in that trailer. He does. Okay, now we're to the hard section. There's oh, two left. No, I already, I already got <laughs> These ones wrong. are hard. Which stand-up comedian is in What Men Want? I never saw that movie. That's not fair. He's in the trailer. Okay. And he plays, he's like pretty funny in the trailer. Or if he's not funny, he's like, he's there in the trailer. And Kevin you're like, Hart? I don't know. No, Kevin Hart is not in What Men Want. The answer is Pete Davidson. What? <laughs> I don't remember him in that trailer at all. He's like yelling on his cell phone. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. And then it's like his mom. Yeah. Okay. Okay. And now the hardest one of them all. Which stand-up comedian is an Ant-Man and the Wasp? And because this is the hardest one, I'm going to tell you exactly where they are in the film. Because I think they're only in it for less than five minutes. Okay. This stand-up comedian is the tour guide of the whale-watching boat. Oh, yes. I remember seeing this person and recognizing them, but now I don't remember who it is. <laughs> um, is it... I'm just going to pull a stand-up comedian out of my hat. Um, Whoa, I love your hat, Tyler. It looks so magnificent. Thank you. Thank you have like 30 stand-up comedians stuck in there. Hi, John Mulaney. Save him. It's not John Mulaney. It it's is not. Is Mark Marin? No. Oh. Let me pull it out. <laughs> It's Tim Heidecker. It is Tim Heidecker. <laughs> now, if you had chosen us for Tim Heidecker, I would have known because he's great in that movie. Yes, that would have been on the easy level, not the hardest level. Ooh. So it looks like you got some of them right. I think maybe two? I think I got the first two right. Maybe? Yeah, two out of four. Six, right? Two out of six. Right. Bad. <laughs> Sorry. Cool. Well, that was my segment. Well... The stand-up comedian game. Clearly, Charlie's Nicole or Margo is an easier game than stand-up comedians and film the game. I like my version better, where you just give me a stand-up comedian and I can just cast them in any movie that I want. Okay, we'll play one quick round of that. Okay, your stand-up comedian is Chris Rock. Hasn't he already been in movies? Oh, you want a purely stand-up comedian? Yeah. Okay, that like, one... Like, what's John Mulaney gonna be in? John Mulaney's only been in one movie. John Mulaney's obviously gonna... Replace John Lithgow as Roger Robert. Oh, Roger you want to put him in one of the movies we talked about today? In Bombshell. Okay. John Mulaney is. He plays the magnet in Six Underground. Oh my gosh. I would actually love to see John Mulaney in Six goes, Underground. I'm a magnet! <laughs> Come over here, metal things! They're shooting at all of the other Six Underground. And then they see John Mulaney and they just go, Look at that guy. He's got feminine hips. And then John Mulaney just kills himself. He can't, <laughs> he can't take about that. the insults. Cool. Well, this was a fun episode. This and I'm glad we ended on a suicide review. joke. I mean, it, it would have gone over a lot better if you had not <laughs> done that. But... Oh, well. Suicide's bad. It's true. Talk to somebody. Yeah, there's a suicide outline out there. But if you're depressed, reach out. If you see somebody who's depressed, reach out. To them. If I'm drowning in the pool and you're on the side, reach out. To Tyler. Help. I'm drowning. 
I'm reaching out to Tyler as we speak. Amen. I've got him. He's with me. Don't worry, everybody. We're okay. And I hope you're okay. And if you're really, really, really okay, you can follow us on Instagram and Twitter. Yes, and then I'll let you know if I'm drowning. I'll send a quick tweet out. Maybe can you do the gif of like someone like... I'll be like, help. And I'll location tag it on my Instagram story. And then you can come save me. And it'll be the local pool. You can follow Preview Review on Instagram and Twitter. Finally, Ryan, I have to ask, which of these trailers that we talked about this week was your favorite? And which movie are you most excited to see? I'll scroll up so you can see all the offerings that we have. Ooh, taking a peek behind the curtain. Now they know we do stuff on a computer, Tyler. We had to scroll. No, I was scrolling. Like, I'm unfolding. Oh, a physical scroll. scroll. Yes, the Magna Carta of preview review. And when I go out and I pick out the scroll, I'm scrolling up. Exactly, exactly. Gear up. Scroll up. You gotta get your scroll. You know when you're, like, about to... Okay, which of these trailers was your favorite? (laughs) Well, I gotta scroll up here. Um, my favorite trailer was the trailer for Bombshell. And is that the movie that you're most excited to see? No, I want to see A Hidden Life really bad. Wow. I would also say that my favorite trailer was Bombshell. And I'm also going to say that that's the movie I'm most excited to see. Hidden Ooh. Life's a close second, but Bombshell, you're the big winner, baby. Ooh, Watch out, it's a bombshell. Boom. And what's inside the bombshell? It's your reward for being the best trailer of the week. Congratulations to the Austin Powers guy. Jay Roach, you joined an elite club of directors who have won the top prize on the Preview Review Podcast. Well done. Yay. Your editing team did a good job making your trailer. And I also just really want to see you take down Fox News. So that's why I'm excited for it. Plus, Billie Eilish is in the trailer, and that's a fun song. All right. You know what else is a fun song? The preview review outro. Let's end the podcast so you can hear it now. Bye. Bye.